From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Podcast in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine, a series about youth in Alaska during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're bringing you stories, interviews, and audio diaries from teenagers and young adults stuck at home without anything else to do. I'm at me producer Riley Taylor, recording this on my iPhone in my closet, since the main at me studio is closed for the time being. A lot of us at At Me are movie buffs. I took the film, audio, and video production class at King Technical High School and have been making short films since middle school. So throughout this pandemic, a lot of us have really been missing going to the movies. And as many Anchorage residents know, one of the best places to see a movie is the Beartooth Theater Pub and Grill. Unfortunately, it hasn't screened a movie since mid-March when city mandates forced it to close to the public. Major theater chains in Anchorage were able to reopen in September, but Beartooth Theater has remained closed. In this episode, we're going to hear from Stephanie Johnson, the general manager of Beartooth. Atme producer and fellow aspiring filmmaker Devin Schreckengost spoke with her about having to close the theater, the possibilities for reopening it, how the pandemic might change the movie theater and restaurant industries, and what the movie-going experience means to her and her customers. They spoke over Zoom on October 2nd, 2020. Can you tell me what the movie-going experience means to you? Gosh. um, Well, to me, movies are... They're they're an escape from kind of the day-to-day. But for me, they've always been um, also kind of a place to come together with other people. I grew up in a really small town in Colorado and we didn't have a movie theater there. So that was, if you were going to go to a movie, it was a special event and you'd drive to Denver to do that. So that was always kind of a, it was more monumental or it was more about the experience of getting together with people and and driving the distance and checking out the film. So it, to me, it's both the kind of the escape that the story and the experience can be, but also a way to, to, um, be with other people. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you have a favorite movie-going memory? I remember when I was really little, and I should probably at some point check the movie release to figure out how old I was, but my mom and my sister and I went to see the Care Bears movie, and it was cartoon, and um, I just, I remember that the movie itself just was it was such a dreamscape and it was, it was just, I loved the concept of the Care Bears living up in the clouds and, um, and coming out of the movie, I just, my mind was stuck in the Care Bear land and it, it stuck with me for a really long time. And that was, it became more real when I looked at clouds after that to imagine my favorite Care Bear up there. So. That's awesome. That's great to hear. So Beartooth commonly plays mainstream movies, of course. But they also like to go off and do like art house movies or indie movies and things like of, of that sort. Can you talk about how your showings are programmed? Yeah, so uh, pre-COVID times, we are what's known as a second run movie house. So most of our movie programming are films that are no longer considered a new release. They've left the first run movie theaters um, and 
back in the old days, um, it was in between the new release and when films would go to DVD. Um, and of course, in the last uh, five to 10 years, that's changed pretty drastically with video on demand. We still try to catch that window in between when things might be available on VOD versus the, the first run film, but that, that window's shrinking a little bit. Um, so that, that's predominantly what we would be programming. Friday is the, is the new release day for us, so that's when our new schedule would start. That was the, the biggest day of the week for us. We generally would always try to have, in the 5.30 time slot, we would always try to have something that was PG-13 or lighter, a little bit more of a family. What we call the primetime film, that would usually be at about 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. That was the, the big new released film for the week. And then on Friday and Saturday nights, we would have a late night film, and that might be more of a horror film, maybe sometimes raunchier humor, uh, films that are rated R, things like that. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, we would add in matinees, and that's where we would really focus on trying to have very family-friendly films, so cartoons, uh, rated G films, things like that. Monday nights was a, is a really important night at the Veritude. Uh, it's what we call the Monday night uh, cinema night. And those films are art films, independently created films, documentaries, uh, foreign language films, uh, locally made films, things that you just might not see in uh, bigger theaters. And the Monday night crowd is a really, really special, dedicated crowd. You see the same faces every week and uh, it's very social. You know, people come to the films early so they can meet and greet each other in the theater. And um, there's usually a fair amount of people that after the film might move into one of the dining rooms to sit and talk about the film. So it's a very uh, community engaged night. And then in more recent years, Thursday nights is, is a night where we'll play with things like adventure films, or um, if we had a series of things like public speakers or slideshows, even book release parties. We've been doing those things on, on Thursday night. And over the last, you know, five years or so, as that kind of video on demand window has shrunk, we've really honed in on the fact that we are a community house more than we are a movie house. We're here to try to show interesting things for everybody in the community, and we want to be a gathering place. So trying to um, be flexible and adaptable with the things that we show has been a big part of that. Yeah, that's really awesome that you're trying to have Beartooth be a uh, more of a community gathering place than just here's where the latest movies are being played. I think that's really awesome. So talking about COVID and the situation, of course, do you remember when you first realized that the coronavirus was going to have an effect on your daily lives and business? Yeah, things really kind of sped together in that uh, week before, it was that second week of March. You know, for us, we had a, a couple of large events scheduled kind of late in the week, and there was, you know, rumblings in the news about, you know, things changing across America and some cases popping up here and there. Um, and that time for us was, that was a pretty stressful time, to be uh, totally honest, because we were trying to read the news and understand what that meant and, and also try to determine, um, you know, what we should be doing about it. But at that time, there wasn't necessarily a lot of, there were no local mandates at that time. And um, so we were just kind of left in the place of wondering, 
and, and there was very limited information at the time too about you know how the how the virus was passed and how contagious it may be and so it just kind of felt like you were feeling around in the dark a little bit but it really slammed to a head for us thursday night we had an event called parlor in the round and that was the first event that we canceled and that was a lot of talking back and forth with the person who, who was putting on the event kevin about you know do we what, where, what do we do here? Um, and we made the determination we needed, we needed to cancel the event because it was, it was a very sold out show and we were expecting a large crowd. And so that was the first film that we canceled, or it wasn't, I'm sorry, it wasn't a film, it was actually a live uh, music night. And then the following uh, day or two, we, we determined let's just go ahead and cut our occupancy in half. We have the benefit of, of being a very large auditorium, so we can seat over 400 people in that theater. So because of the amount of space that we had, we felt like, okay, well, the, the easiest determination we can make is to cut that down to 50%. On Saturday, we were scheduled to host with Skinny Raven the Shamrock Shuffle 5K, which had um, a couple thousand people registered. Um, and you know many of those people came in after the event to want eat and drink normally and uh, we determined at the last minute to cancel that we worked with skinny room and determined that too so it really kind of quickly became apparent um, that things were changing and by monday is when um, the municipal mandate came out closing down all theaters and restaurants and uh, that was a that was a big pivot and it was a Definitely when I think back on it, it was a scary time. I've never been through anything like that, trying to figure out what does this mean for not only our business, but our employees and more questions than answers, but um, got through that time period. And I would say in, in the <clears throat> last you know four months or so, one of the biggest challenges about COVID and not only the theater but also having a restaurant is trying to adapt to how much things are changing and there's you know there's been several different changes to mandates that have meant that we have to change the way we're operating that has been a pretty fully engrossing experience and so when the mandate changed to allow for theaters to reopen we determined at that time that we weren't ready to do it because we whatever we're doing here we want to try to do it well and it's almost like an entirely new business has had to spring up from all these changes. And so our most recent change actually has been um, as outdoor dining has become no more possible due to weather. We have taken the first three rows of the theater out and put in tables to create a dining space in there. So that's our most recent pivot, but our goal is to be able to start having films soon we're trying to figure out what that looks like for us because we're not just a movie theater, we're also a, a, a dinner theater spot. So how do we move crowds through that space without having them group up? How do we serve what might be a larger group of people than we have served so far since COVID began and do it in a safe space? It seems to us that we will likely be doing both using the theater as a dining room some days or nights and then also trying to show films on some other days or nights so we're trying to figure out what that looks like are there any other notable adjustments that you've had to do to keep things going yeah we've made a big shift to try to make the takeout experience as 
efficient as possible. That definitely seems to be where the largest amount of customers are most comfortable. But even that process, because it doesn't involve people coming into the building the way they used to, has been a pretty big change. So that has been a pretty big area of focus for us. It's completely changed, you know, whereas it used to be a pretty small percentage of our business. Right now, takeout is the largest portion of our business. I always say we have pre-COVID that we have uh, three dining rooms under one roof. We have two separate restaurants, the grill, and then the theater pub. And the theater pub has the cafe and also the, the movie, the auditorium where you can and dine. Um, and right now, because we only are really operating as one dining room in the grill and in the theater, we're offering both menus in those places. Whereas before you, you got the, the theater menu on the theater side and the grill menu on the grill side. So it may seem like a small change on the outside, but for the staff that works there, that now means that they need to know twice as much information and to be able to um, answer questions about and be knowledgeable about twice as much food. And we have pretty big menus on both sides. So that's been a, it's been quite an adjustment. And then I would also just say that because we kind of are keeping customers in kind of one area of the building, we walk a ton. <laughs> Just things are so spread out. And so physically, it's been an adjustment for all of us. Um, you know, if you work in a restaurant, it's, you know, you, you know, you work, you, you walk a lot, but um, it has been a significant change in, in the amount of, of movement for us as a staff. So I guess we're all getting healthier on the, on the upside. I mean, hey, there's an improvement, you know, <laughs> steps in. Exactly. So going a little bit more into uh, into your involvement into the business, how has your job changed since the theater had to close? Ooh, um, you know, some days it feels like a totally different job. It doesn't feel at all like the job I used to have. And then other days it's very familiar. We did have to re reduce our staff size pretty greatly at first. We've slowly, as, as business allows, have brought back more staff, but it, do it does mean that for every person that works here, myself included, you are working every job and you are, uh, and, and in the same day, you might, you might do 10 different things in the same day. Whereas before, you know, we had, we were a little bit, we had a little bit larger staff size to be able to have, you know, the person that works at the box office just does that, the person that's over here just does that. But now we're flexing kind of everywhere we need to go. So I feel much more like I've gotten back to my roots, you know, my original roots of being a floor manager, which, you know, just means that you're, you're on the floor all the time and you're doing all the things. Um, whereas in the last couple of years, maybe, you know, I had a little bit more, a little bit more time to, you know, do the administrative side of things. That's definitely been a little bit of a challenge to try to, to, to balance out getting all of the tasks that need to be done with um, a much smaller staff size to do it. Moving into a different subject, uh, can you talk about the virtual screens that you've hosted? Yeah, so we, um, you know, the movie industry, they're trying to adapt as well. And so we were made aware of this opportunity to host these virtual screenings um, throughout the summer. And of course, the summer, the summer is a tricky time to have a theater in Alaska, even in non-COVID times. We Alaskans are very dedicated to our outdoor time. So actually for the theater itself, uh, traditionally, May, June, July, and the first half of August are the slowest times of the year um, because we're all exploring and doing our fun things. So um, we started offering those virtual screenings this summer. And that's, it, that's definitely a little bit of a, a 
challenge to get people to bite on, both in part because it was summer, um, but also, you know, a big part, I think, of going to the movies is, is seeing the trailers and getting excited about the movies that are, that are coming up. And so many of us um, are not watching cable television anymore. We're, we're watching things on Netflix and Hulu. And so unless you are actively seeking out, you know, like uh, Apple trailers or, or you're, you're following the movie industry, you might not be as exposed to up and coming films. Um, and, you know, the, the trailer pack at the beginning of the film in-house was a big part of how we let people know about what was coming up. You know, additionally, we over the years, we've added in a lot of posters and signage all around the building so that when you're in for dinner, you might get excited about the film that's coming up in another week. So without, um, without really the same ability to reach people, we definitely did not see as much traffic and traction on those films as we would have liked to. But they are, you know, it's a, it's a great it's a great effort by the movie industry to just see what we can do and we're going to keep doing them where we can but i it, my sense is that especially because of what i think the bear tooth represents or what i hope it represents to the community certainly what it represents to me a big part of going to the movies is just being here and it might not feel the same to do that virtually for sure. And I can personally attest to uh, what you're saying about how unless you're seeking it out or unless you're part or unless you're following the industry, you're not going to be seeing that many new releases unless they just like come through your feed or something like that. Because I, I feel like I've been out of date on a lot of new movies that have been coming out just because I haven't been in the theater for six months. Yes, absolutely. But I bet you know what's coming up on Hulu. Yeah, no, for sure. With Netflix and Hulu, it's just like, oh yeah, that's dropping in a couple of weeks. No, definitely. I can, right. I can attest to that. Yeah. And I do think that is something that the movie industry in general, it is something that we need to adapt to and address. You know, we, cable television was a huge part of movie advertising. Um, and that's, that has been a big shift um, and, and more and more so in the last couple of years. So definitely there's room for improvement there on getting the word out about some films i mean it's just all testing right just seeing how things work exactly how do you put your virtual screenings together so our we have a film programmer his name is rolando guzman and uh he is awesome he is so great he um he did not actually come to film programming from a background in film, but he is one of the most passionate film lovers I've ever met. So he is, he's got his finger on the pulse all the time. He's the guy that's going to be at Century 16 at 12.01 AM when the new film drops. And uh, he, he will explore and check out every film that he possibly can. So he's been our film programmer for a number of years now. And part of uh, being a film programmer is just developing relationships with the different film distribution companies. And over time, from that relationship, they kind of learn what works at your theater and you kind of learn how to ask for what you think will work here. So those virtual screenings, they came from that same relationship. Uh, the film distribution companies were working on and trying to figure out how to keep things flowing and going during this time period. And so that that relationship with them is really how we've been made aware of those films. And a lot of the film industry now, you know, it's, it's so, so different than, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when we're checking out a film, even in pre COVID times, everything is done digitally. So we're, we're being sent, um, you know, film screeners or trailers, uh, password protected through uh, Vimeo or other different 
different online um, options. So much of the process for checking out a film and deciding if we would want to show it, and then even really the booking process for it is pretty similar. Um, the biggest difference is after you've booked that film, rather than receiving a hard drive in, in the mail, you're just receiving a link and uh, in plugging into your website. About COVID's uh, impacts on the, uh, on the movie theater going experience, do you foresee this having any long-term effects and do you think this will ever go back to normal or anything close to normal well that's a tough question um i'm a pretty optimistic person <laughs> so i would love to say that um yeah we're gonna we're gonna pop back to normal um but one thing that became really apparent in the restaurant world almost immediately is that um we're creating new normals right now. And there will probably be a handful of iterations of, of what new normal looks like. For us in the theater, sometimes the size of our, of our auditorium can be a downside. You could have 100 people in there and it could feel very empty. But I think that will end up being an advantage for us because when we are able to show more films, we have a huge room to do it in. And so we can really limit the amount of people that are in there um, and provide a lot of safe space for people. So we're, we're pretty grateful for that. You know, over the years, we have really been vetting out the difference between ordering your concessions at a cashier line versus having table service where someone comes to your table and orders the food for you. And our point of sales uh, system is much more technologically advanced now than it was a number of years ago. And we do have many iPads and things like that. So there, the one thing that I never expected to happen was that some of the things that we had been talking about and wanting to achieve pre-COVID all of a sudden became very possible in the COVID world uh, because not only is there just less going on, you know, for a while it was takeout only, so there are no customers in the building, um, but also you just have to, you have to bring in new forms of technology to try to get the job done. And so that's really been a good muscle that we've been able to flex over the last um, four to six months. And, and I think that we'll, we will be able to move into a new normal when we welcome moviegoers back. And it probably won't look like it used to, but my hope is that we can meet people at where their comfort level is, that we have the, the technology solutions and that we're thoughtful about how we can do that and make people feel safe enough that for those two hours that they might be sitting there, that they can let the movie take them away just like it used to. And it, I guarantee it will not look and feel exactly the same as it used to. But, you know, if there's one thing we're aware of is that the biggest downside to coming to the Bear Chief has always been the lines. So. In a COVID world, lines are your enemy. So <laughs> we might just, I don't know, maybe our new normal will end up being a much better experience for our customers in the end. I think once, once, we're, once we get that first film to happen, I think we'll have a better feeling of what that looks and feels like. Um, certainly when we welcomed our first guests back into the dining room, part of the process is kind of feeling how your customers feel and making sure that you're meeting them where they need to be. And I imagine that will need to happen with the movies as well. That's really awesome that you're looking at the positives for this whole thing and uh, um, seeing how there might be some 
positive impact for all this. That's really cool. Thanks. Speaking of when it becomes safe to uh, go into movie theaters and when you guys are talking about opening, are there any movies that are coming out or have already come out that you can't wait to see in theaters? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I will admit that I, I had to take a tour through Apple trailers just the other day because I thought, oh, wait a minute. Like, I have no idea what's been going on. <laughs> I, too, have no idea what's been going on. But I can tell you that Rolando is definitely on it, and he's been checking out films regularly. I, you know, I think for me, if I, like, just for, if we were just talking about me, if I could pick a movie to come back to, it would probably be you know, an old favorite or something that was just really comforting. What, what movie is that? Well, cheesy though it may be. Um, actually, I'm not going to say it's cheesy. It's not cheesy at all. It's my favorite movie. Um, I absolutely love White Christmas, the old MGM film. I love it. I had it as a kid. I, as, oh my gosh, I just love it. Um, another one for me that is just, will always have my heart is the original Jurassic Park. I mean, those sounds like amazing movies just to get back into the movie going spirit because I feel like I feel like for a lot of people that was their first like realization into what movies can do. So it would almost be like recapturing that spirit all over again. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe maybe we should give the Care Bears another go around while we're at it. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, end? You know, I guess just a, a parting thought would just be that um, it's been a crazy challenging time and I, I've never seen anything like this. Um, and we have been, you know, trying our best and doing what we, what we can. And I can tell you that the support of the community and just those moments where it, it can be small and it can be little, but you Maybe it's taking a, a, a takeout order over the phone or it's, um, you know, just seeing a regular you know, from their eyes, nothing more that you haven't seen in a long time and just catching up on, you know, how their new puppy is doing or whatever those things are. Those, those moments are so truly special, I think, to what, we, what, what we're all here for. Um, and they still exist and they're still there. They're, they're stranger and they're harder to come by, but I'm so grateful to everyone in Anchorage really for, for their understanding as we've been trying to adapt and that people keep showing up and that we can keep having those moments of connection together, even in these different times. And um, I guess one other parting thought was just that, uh, when the earthquake happened a couple years ago, we sustained some, some pretty big damage in the theater and we had to close the theater down for about a week in order to make repairs. And I'll never forget that, um, you know, I didn't think I missed it while it was gone. It was almost like, okay, well, there's one less thing to worry about during this week. But I was coming down the stairs of the balcony um, right as we were letting in customers for the first time. And I overheard these little kids they, they couldn't have been more than like six or seven talking about how excited they were about going into the movie and they're like throwing popcorn in their mouth and, and you know 50 percent of it's going on the floor and they're just they're just so excited to be there and i totally got it just it made me cry in that moment because i didn't realize how much i really missed what the theater is and i'm i'm really excited for the time when we can get back to that a little bit 
That's really amazing to hear. I wish you guys the best of luck in that um, in that goal, seriously. Thank you, Devin, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate your time here. That was Atme producer Devin Schreckengost speaking with Stephanie Johnson, the general manager of Beartooth Theater Pub and Grill. You've been listening to Podcast in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine from Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Devin Schreckengost. Stay tuned for more stories from quarantined youth. You can find these stories at alaskateenmedia.org where we have included resources for youth during quarantine as part of a partnership with the State of Alaska Division of Behavioral Health. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including Anchorage Museum at Rasmussen Center, United Way of Anchorage, and the Alaska Humanities Forum, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities or other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Anchorage and help keep our podcast going, you can donate to our organization by going to alaskateenmedia.org and clicking Donate. Also on our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, or find out how you too can get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Riley Taylor. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll get through this together.